We strive to make this podcast and story a safe and inclusive place for as many listeners as possible. So if we've missed any content warnings, please feel free to let us know. Content warnings for this episode include fantasy violence, including the use of firearms, adult language, mature themes, gore with accompanying sound effects, use of alcohol, sounds of animals in distress, and animal death. Happy Halloween, everyone. I hope you're all having a great day. We're excited to premiere this project. It's something all of us have been working on for months, and we hope you all enjoy it. As we've said before, this campaign is going to be exclusive to Patreon at the $5 level, but our first episode is public for a fun Halloween treat. I do need to mention that we did have a strange audio issue with the mic cord. We did our best to fix it, including re-saying some lines, but there's some parts where the audio has bumps in it. We realized this was an issue after we finished with the first episode and corrected it for the rest of them, but we all made the executive decision to keep the original audio so we could keep the role-playing and emotions authentic. Like I said, it's fixed for the rest of the episodes, so thanks for bearing with us on this one. So without further ado, welcome to Nasaris. Nasaris, a nation recovering from a prolonged war over precious resources, having only just secured a ceasefire. On the coast sits the shining capital city of Orthiad, untouched by the violence of the recent conflict. Here stands the Ivory Arcanum, a sacred place of study and reflection, and the home of the Arch Loremaster. It is in these halls that those who seek to master mystical knowledge train to become lore masters themselves. And it is here that we begin our story, with an individual set on the path to become the youngest lore master in history, Vincent Helquist. Arch Lore Master K. Burroughs, you wanted to see me. Apprentice Helquist, yes. You have been progressing rapidly in your studies. I've been working very hard. Indeed. So hard, in fact, you have achieved the third order of magic well in advance of the curriculum. Is that why you called me here? To inform me of my academic progress? No. Vincent shuts his eyes like he knows what's coming. Given your rapid advancement, I feel it is of an appropriate time for you to go on the pilgrimage. The pilgrimage? Yes. As you know, all lore masters must eventually make the pilgrimage to the sunken library. I am well aware. And given your advanced and rapid learning, it is time that you undertake this journey. Vincent looks extremely uncomfortable. As thankful as I am that you think so highly of my rapid progression, I question this decision. Do you question the decision or the necessity? Yes. As far as my decision, you are my apprentice as well as the other 12. And they will, when they are ready, 
undertake the same journey. As for the necessity, it is tradition well over a hundred years old. Vincent is trying not to look annoyed and not doing a good job of not looking annoyed. And yet there are exceptions. There have been five. There have been. True. However, those five undertook the tradition in a different way. Vincent opens his mouth to argue his case as to why he should also be made an exception. And none of those five went on to become arch lord masters. None of those five were as young as I am either. Indeed not, which means you are young and spry and well able to make the journey. Arch lord master Caperos, my workload, as you know, is extensive and I simply cannot abandon the commitments I have already taken on to to be gallivanting off to the sunken library to recover. Hellfire knows what, and Hellfire knows why. As far as your workload is concerned, I do know full well how much you have, including how much you have taken on. As for anything that is of utmost urgency, I will assign other apprentices to do it. That's hardly necessary. I am more than capable of completing the work I've taken on. While you are traveling. Indeed, you are talented, Apprentice Helquist. To be clear, my decision is final. You will embark on this journey within the fortnight. Fortnight. Or else relinquish your position as my apprentice. Vincent's mouth drops open. You can't be serious. Extremely. Archelor Master, I must protest. If you must, but as I said, my decision is final. Vincent, you are an extremely bright pupil. In my 40 years as a lore master and in my five as an arch lore master, I have never met someone who has mastered the forms or memorized the Dreamwalker's tomes so quickly. This is one of the more sacred traditions of our order. And while I understand Traipsing about a sunken ruin of a library does not appeal to you. It is the next necessary step in pursuing your goal. You have a fortnight to prepare. Very well. Vincent didn't have many friends, but he did have someone he knew he could complain to. So he made his way down from the plateau of the Ivory District to the Merchant Bazaar, to a particular shop, the Artifact Emporium, to meet his longtime friend and old schoolmate, Alexandra Rutherford. This is absurd. You'll have to elaborate. <sighs> she wants me to embark on the pilgrimage to the sunken library. And that's a problem, why? Because I don't want to go. Why don't you want to go? <laughs> The Sunken Library 
is a dilapidated ruin. Mm-hmm. He looks at you like this should be obvious. Dilapidated ruins are where I get most of my stock from. Yes, but adventures bring you your stock. Yes. I am not an adventurer. I am a scholar. You could start. <sighs> no. I... So, you need to do this, though, to actually become Arch Lawmaster. Correct. <sighs> like, if you don't do it, you can't progress. You have to quit, basically, and I literally never known you to quit. If I do not embark within a fortnight, I relinquish my position as apprentice to the Archlore Master and... Get shunted back down to the library where you'll be sorting books for the rest of your life. I don't see the point to this. She says it's a sacred tradition, but it is a sacred tradition for other people. Vincent, do you realize how that sounds? Yes. All right, well. There have been exceptions made, and I fail to see why I shouldn't be one of them. And what did they have to do in as a replacement? I didn't think that far ahead. You have no idea what they did? Did they become Arch Lawmaster? Is, is Kairos one of them? No, none of them have. But no one my age has so much as made Apprentice Lawmaster. I am exceptional, and she knows this. <sighs> I mean, yes, you are exceptional. We all are aware of that. And if someone isn't, well, then they do, you know. But uh, this is an opportunity. You listen and to me. Listen to me. An opportunity Vin for what? <sighs> for you to get out of this city. I don't want to get and out of this. And away from your whatever the fuck happened... What was that, like a month ago with that guy or girl or whoever? You didn't tell me because you are fucking secretive. Vincent gives her a look. This is your chance to get away from that. To distract yourself. I do not need to be distracted. I, As I have told you, I am over that indiscretion. You just said indiscretion. I do not think you are over it. Regardless of what you think, I am over it and I do not need to get out of the city. Well, I want to get out of the city. You are welcome to go to the sunken library yourself. What? We can go to the sunken library together. Absolutely not. Why not? Vincent looks at her like this should be obvious, but he also doesn't have a good answer. So you remember where I work, right? You're here right now in where I work. You see all the shit? Yes. Are you an adventurer? No, but I could start just like you. Or we could fucking hire someone because, you know, we both have money. Or did you spend it all and not tell me about that? No, I did not spend it all. I just... I'm not going. I... So you're quitting being a lawmaster? No, I am just trying to think of... I just need time to think of a way to convince Arch Loremaster Kaberos that I should be exempt from this chore, despite her insistence that her decision was final. She's old. She's not going to change her mind. 
the old don't change their minds. I know this because my parents are old and they're assholes, and then also all my customers are old and not very nice either. Do you know what happened? Do you know what happened and why, why it would be really wonderful if I could get out of here for a little bit at least? No. Callisto, that extremely wealthy asshole. Yes, you've told me about him. Yeah, he came in with this wonderful little necklace and he told me, I found this necklace and I looked at it and I, by fucking smelling it, could tell it was cursed. And I said, you know this is cursed, right? And he said, well, yeah. And I'm like, you know how cursed it is. And he's like, yeah, I put it on a maid and it melted her skin off and she died. She's dead. So I broke the curse for him and I had to, you know, take his money and, and whatever. I would like to leave this city for like a month. Because of a cursed necklace that you... Because of a man who melted his maid's face off because he didn't care about her life and I have to take his money and see him every week because he brings some random shit in all the time. We should go. I will find someone who can protect us from bandits or monsters or whatever the fuck you think is hiding in a library, which I believe if you've, you know, told me accurately, it's guarded by things that, you know, only you can get past anyway. Vincent gives her a look again. I'll find someone. I've got someone in mind already, actually. He owes me a favor. He'll protect us. He'll stab anything that bothers us. And you can get your shit. And we can come back. And we'll have been gone. And it'll be a wonderful vacation. And you can forget all about what's their face. Vacation. Vacation. This is hardly a vacation. Vacation. If you said to... vacation, though, so you're you agreeing. You said vacation first. Yeah, and you're saying it back to me. If I was going on vacation, I would go someplace like Martell. That's so far away. Let's just go to the sunken library and call it, you know, a vacation. Alternately, we could just stay here. Alternately, you could help me think of some way to convince Archloremaster Kaberos that I should be an exception to this sacred tradition and we stay here where things are comfortable and familiar and normal. I will not do that. I will be hiring a man and we will be going on this pilgrimage that you need to become Arch Lawmaster eventually. You're gonna become the youngest Arch Lawmaster, I know you are. I know that too. And this is how you do it and I'm gonna help you do it. I'll get the man. We'll be on our way in two weeks. <sighs> I don't like this. I don't care. Alex's network of artifact aficionados, dungeon delvers, wealthy collectors, and other stranger folk with an interest in magical objects was full of potential guides and protectors for their journey to the sunken library. But there was one in particular she had at the top of her mind. Malachi Frost. Remind me again, Alex, why you want me to do this? Because you're very good at stabbing things from what you've told me. And, 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 I like you. You've been a wonderful customer and you owe me a favor, actually. You remember that when I, you know, stopped yes, you from- it, Yes, I remember. Are you sure you remember? Yes. Well, I'm well aware that I owe you a favor. I'm just saying, 
I, I kill undead things. Mm-hmm. The whole blood hunter thing is like, that's my that's mm-hmm. my gig, as it were. What exactly do you expect to find in a sunken library where I will be of use? I'm doing this for a friend. He needs my help and he's afraid of the sunken library. I'm pretty sure all that's in there is a couple of fingernail-sized spiders and maybe some wet books. But this is for his peace of mind, what little that he has left. And I'll pay you. Alex, you don't have to pay me. I'm just saying, I owe owe you a favor. Mm -hmm. And if this is what your favor is calling in, that is exactly what I'll do. I am just letting you know, I hunt undead. Unless there are undead in this sunken library. There very well could be in the library. You don't know. I don't know. He doesn't know. You're calling in your favor for someone else. That's interesting. Listen, you're probably going to owe me another one eventually (laughs) if you're going to keep picking up, you know, shit you shouldn't be touching. So. I, to be fair, that was... Alright, fine. Alright, just let me go collect my payment for the zombie infestation and I'll come back here in the next two days. There was a zombie infestation? Damn, you're good! You just took care of it, no one even knew. Wow. If you're trying to flatter me, I'm already doing you a favor. (laughs) But by all means, keep going. Yes, talk about how strong and brave I am. Maybe how good looking. Why? That wouldn't get me anywhere. See in a few days. Preparations for travel were set. Bags were packed. I don't think all of these are going to fit in my bag of holding. All of what? What are you doing? Vincent stacks another book on top of <sighs> Look, I've never been on a cross-country trip before, but I don't think you're going to need your entire fucking library. This is not my entire fucking library. <sighs> I love you. Very much. More than I love anyone in my own family. Thank you. Put the books back on the shelf. Bring an empty journal, if you've got one, or just, you know, a shit ton of parchment. And we'll take lots of notes together. But don't, you don't need any of this unless one of these is Map of Nasaris. And I don't think... Maybe, hang on. Let me see if I think I have one in here. Vincent! What? Pack your fucking bag, close it, zip zip it, button it. (laughs) I don't think we do zippers. Button it up and let's go. Time off was approved and the trio met at Ortheed's northern gate. But there was a complication. Mal, we're ready. Mal. Alex. Uh Uh-huh. Vincent is staring at me. Mal is staring back at Vincent. You. Oh no. This is a friend you are trying to help. This is the guy that you know that owes you a favor. Mm-hmm. We've met. I'm getting that. Absolutely not. No. Well, you don't have to talk to each other. It's going to be a little bit difficult if we're in a dangerous situation and I have to bark orders. Not that you take any, right? Oh dear. Or did you get a personality swap from last month? Yes, barking orders, because heaven forbid you listen for once. 
I doubt that was our problem. We are not doing this. It's too late. I've already chartered the horses. And I owe Alex a favor. And if she wants to waste her favor on you... We wouldn't want that, would we? I do. It's my favor. You're sure, Alex? Uh, yeah. Then where's the horse? Uh, Mal heads over to where the horses are. Vincent turns to Alex. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I th- Wait a minute. How do you know him? I thought you were over it. You did say that to me, darling. You did say you were over it. Vincent gets a very, very nasty smile on his face. I am over it. So you should be totally fine for this journey. Of yeah? course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, and you can do it because you're going to be the youngest art law master in history. So, you know, stiff up a lip. We're losing daylight, people. <laughs> he said we're losing daylight, we should go. Yes, I know, I heard what he said. You'll be fine, darling. With tension running high and plenty of travel ahead of them, the three set off north towards Rivergate on their journey to the sunken library. It is on the second day that we join them at an inn along the road, preparing for another long day of travel. So you guys stopped at a roadside inn for the night called The Roost. Oh God, is it full of roosters? Are there like chickens everywhere? It's like a chicken theme. It's like Circus Circus in, in Las Vegas, but it's like chickens. It is a, it's in a small farming community, so yes, there are chickens. Someone woke us up at six in the morning. Yes, they did. Uh, Mal was already up getting the horses ready. Yes. Mal, you know that the next town up is Spireview. Uh, it's a, just under a day's travel northward. Do I know that? You'd probably have a vague idea of it, but Mal, having traveled the territory, knows that more. Do I know that from studying maps? Yes. I believe the next stop is Spireview. Congratulations. On what? On your knowledge. I'm I'm trying to be chipper in the morning. I remember you not being. Mm. Both you ready? I'm very ready. Excessively. Well, I'm not stopping you from mounting up. Alex is already on her horse. Now gets on his horse. And gets on his horse. Because <laughs> we had to say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> and the three of you are off. Mal, for the most part, is chit-chatty, but in mostly Alex's direction. Mm-hmm. You know, catching up on what's going on with the shop and things like that. Vincent is silent. Unsurprising. Every now and then Mal throws a glance at him, but as he seems uninterested, Mal for the most part tries to ignore him. Vincent is playing the I'm not paying any attention to you thing. He's also sitting on his horse wrong. I am his not. His back is going to hurt by the end of the day. And it's going to be funny. I didn't say that, but you know, it's making him mind. <clears throat> Well, this is delightful. <laughs> I'm. I can't express how much I enjoy journeying with you, Malachi. I am rather as a 
as you are traveling the road, this is a very active highway. So people are traveling alongside you, behind you, ahead of you, passing you, going the opposite direction. And it's a good opportunity to see just the diversity of uh, the countryside here. Alex is very wavy, like, mm. most, and especially to children, like just wavy, very, very like blue, blue, blue. It's very, like this area is very English countryside. Uh, rolling hills. Uh, if you were a couple miles to the east, you would hear the crashing waves of the ocean. But even from here, the sea breeze wafts over the hills. So it is truly a delightful journey. It's one of the more prettier rural areas. And assuming the weather holds, which it might not, depending on what the sea brings. What? The weather. We're close to the ocean. It tends to fluctuate. So, rain might be a thing later tonight. Let's hope we reach the town in time. Otherwise, we're gonna get stuck in it. We might camp. We might be camping out indoors. No, we will not be. I have a tent if either of you need it. Are you just gonna sleep out in the rain? Oh, but I haven't done before. We'll not be camping. Never been camping. No, I haven't. We will not be camping. It's a bit interesting to rough it, but, you know, it's an experience. It sounds like an experience. An experience we will not be experiencing. Trust and believe, though. If we need to, you know, have the fire going a little bit higher, just in case to ward off the bugs and uh, the creepy crawlies. Not many snakes around here, but we do get some pretty gnarly spiders. Vincent just... Vincent is on his horse looking increasingly unhappy. Which is a feat, because he always looks unhappy. But somehow he looks extra unhappy as we continue. Well, we might not need to camp if we make good time. But, good. But just in case, I hope all of you brought cloaks in case we get rained on. Yes, I did. I brought a cloak. I'm, I'm getting an A in travel, which is definitely a normal thing to want to have. <laughs> <laughs> and totally possible to get. <clears throat> Did you not bring a cloak, Vincent? <laughs> no, I did not. I didn't think I'd need one. You didn't think you'd need a traveling no, cloak? No, I didn't think I would need a traveling cloak. When you're traveling on the road. You should have let me look in your pack before we left like I asked you to. Then I suggest both of you quit talking and we make time. Uh, Vincent, go ahead and roll me a d20. 14. Okay. Go ahead and make me a constitution save. Nine. Seven. Total? Yes. Okay. You actually do make it to Spireview before nightfall. However, Vincent, having little experience horse riding, you are extremely sore and suffer a point of exhaustion. You two go first. I have to take your horse. Unless you want to get them to the stables. Vincent gets off his horse, and that is a 22 to performance to act like he isn't in 
terrible amounts of pain and exhaustion. I'm actually going to need an athletics check. On top of the performance? Or can I use Instead of the performance. Ah, 19. Okay. 17 to perceive that he's in a lot of pain so I can laugh silently. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you put on a good show. But you're in a lot of pain. Uh, the inn you guys end up staying at for the night is the Weary Night. Like, like K? Knight? Knight. Uh, how's the tone for me? So this is actually one you've stayed at previously. You know the, um, you know the owner. At least in, in passing. Sir Alrog. Uh, he's a half-orc, uh, retired knight. That's why he's weary. It is a very nicely kept inn. Where is he, the innkeeper? Uh, he's currently at a table, uh, standing at a table, laughing with a couple of guests. Is making uh, making small talk. Can I tell he's the innkeeper? You can tell he's the innkeeper. At the very least, you can tell he's a visible member of staff. I go up to him. Who do I speak to about getting accommodations? Uh, that would be me. I would like three rooms, please. As far away from each other as possible. Three rooms? Ah, uh, I can manage two. And they'll be right next to each other. No. <laughs> as if you haven't fallen asleep on fucking Alex's bed and or Chase in her apartment. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, Yeah. the town of Spireview is a small but very bustling trade town. From here, there are, off the highway, there are several roads to a lot of the surrounding hamlets. They all sort of converge here to either sell their goods or else as a stop along the journey to Orthiad. And so, while this is not a small inn. It isn't a. It isn't huge either. It probably only has a total of ten rooms, and and eight of them are filled. Busy town, and I'm the finest establishment here. You could go to a less fine establishment. That would be fucking ridiculous. Just take the rooms the man has given you. Also, you'd be missing out on some of the best ale this side of the bigger cities. And he looks and he, he recognizes you. Ah, the hunter. Ah, Mal. Mal's fine. How are you, sir? Business is good. And the beer is finer. We'll take the two rooms. They actually have rooms. Oh, you lucked out. Yes, two of them. You will be occupying one. Alex and I will be taking the second. Ah. Well... Grand. Yes, Grand. It's wonderful. All right. My last two rooms. That's going to be eight gold for the rooms. And and I'm assuming you'll want breakfast in the morning. Yes, we would love breakfast in the morning. All right. So breakfast for three. That's going to bring your total to 11 gold pieces for the night. What is the plumbing situation like? More specifically, the bathing situation. So the bathing situation is actually, for a rural inn, rather nice. They have a bathing room at the end of the hall with 
four different tubs, each with their like sectioned off curtains and hot water is uh, brought in on request. Mal spends a uh, silver on some ale. Okay. Vincent would like a bath. Okay. Uh, so there is also actually, well, not excellent shopping as far as Vincent and Alex would be concerned. There is some decent shopping to be done in Spireview. Are we early enough to get to one of the shops? You'd probably have to do it in the morning before you leave town. All right, I'm making a note then. I'm as early as I can get up Mm -hmm. going out to one of the shops. Uh, Mal, uh, as you are enjoying your ale, which indeed is very fine. It always is. You are approached by uh, by a half-elf gentleman. Uh, pardon, pardon me. Uh, did I hear the innkeep correct? You are a hunter. I am, and Mal has the symbol of his order around his neck. Uh, the symbol of his order is. It looks like a spiraling design. It's in more common. It'd be more commonly known like a Celtic knot, um, in a and a circle mm-hmm. about a, di- a disc about the circumference of a coffee mug. So yeah, it's got interwoven knots that create an interesting little spiral with a flat stone in the middle of it that resembles an ice crystal. I I know it is not a usual uh, request for your line of work, uh, but my husband and I are leading a small caravan uh, northward to Leah. I was hoping if that is the direction you are traveling, if uh, you would be willing to escort us. I'm afraid my journey ends at Rivergate, but if you would like to travel with us, I'm yes, out. that that that's fine. I, I can hire and I can hire someone else uh, come Rivergate for payment. We we have money. Uh, how does 25 sound. Gold or silver? Gold, of course. I don't have all of it now, but once we get to Rivergate, uh, I'll be able to pay you the rest. How does 10 now, 15 at Rivergate sound? I normally don't take uh, cut payments, but since we're going in the same direction, I don't see why that would be a problem. We leave early. (sighs) Thank you. You expect trouble on the road? No, not as such. It's just our cargo is valuable, and I'd rather not be waylaid. With an illegal, I hope. Not that I'm sure you tell me. I'm going to say Alex is watching from her, her, her solo dinner table. <laughs> it's actually a rather embarrassing story. Mal tips his cup, by all means. My husband and I run a small but successful shipping company out of Liad. We had ordered some Italian silks. Unfortunately, somewhere, either one of our hands or perhaps even myself, got the uh, got the manifest wrong and shipped it to Orthiad instead, which has necessitated a very expensive trip from Liad to Orthiad. While time-consuming and expensive, it was cheaper and 
frankly, less of a risk of further mistakes being made than sending a representative and having it reshipped from Orthiad docks up to Liad. I see. Well, since we are going that same direction, I'd be happy to look out as bodyguard. I will inform you, though, if we do run into trouble, I do have a duty to the first job I was doing. I see. I... How many is your current responsibility? I'm going to say Alex stands up and uh, goes over. Who's your friend, Mel? Who's this? I don't think I actually got your name. Uh, my apologies. Uh, my name is Isward. Seems he was interested in hiring me on as a job, since all of us are going the same direction. If I could keep an eye out for their caravan as well as you. Oh, well, the more the merrier, eh? Ah, just, oh, just, just the one? Oh, we have another individual upstairs, but it ah, is... I see. I was concerned you were going to try protecting two caravans, in which case I did not wish to stretch you thin, as it were. Oh, no, I'm not stretched thin at all, even though one of them is a light lord. Well, we do have some small business to take care of in the morning. I I knew you said early. I do have an errand to run before we get any further. So if you could get your business done by nine, we'd appreciate uh, it. Yes, I, I think I can manage. Very well, sir. Uh, then I shall meet you at the uh, at the stables, uh, at the, in stables at nine. Wonderful. And he will pass over a pouch with ten gold pieces. I wonder how desperate they were that they were willing to hire me. What's wrong with you? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm a blood hunter. Well, yeah, but maybe they, you know, are worried some zombies are going to pop out of the boxes or something. I don't or, know. Or they're, or they're worried some monsters are going to come and get their precious silks. Have you heard anything about monster attacks on the road? I haven't, but now I'm going to go ask because now I'm going to get paranoid. <laughs> well, that's fair and probably a good idea, but I mean, maybe maybe you were the only choice. Yeah, I guess. Not, not to be rude. I, no, no, not, no offense taken. I normally am not a bodyguard. Uh, favor, favor, though. That's what's happening here between us. It's a favor. We're friends. Friendly. This is a friendly arrangement. Are you trying to convince yourself or me? Or well, someone who isn't here? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. I didn't realize the thing between you and Vincent happened, and I'm sorry, and. It's, I, it's not your fault. I doubt he would have told you. And I have no uh, inclination to advertise it. So it's not like you would have known. Yes, and I don't tend to pry, especially with him. I don't want to push him. He's very delicate. That's a word for it. Well, I'm glad you understand. And I'm, I do apologize again for um, putting you in an awkward position. Hmm. As awkward as it might be, I owe you a favor, and that is far more important to me than any discomfort I might feel. Now, if you excuse me, I am going to go find the innkeeper, because I need to ask about the road conditions if I'm being randomly hired to be a bodyguard. Make sure he eats, please. 
That's all we need is him passing out on the road. Oh, I know. So we don't have to RP it, but Mm -hmm. Mal does ask if there's anything that they should be concerned about on the road that he might not have known about since the last time he was here. Okay. There has been some talk of wolves in the area. Farmers have been hearing a lot of howling at night. Okay. So far, no dead sheep, no uh, missing travelers or anything like that. It's just being heard. It's just being heard. And there's there's some concern. There's been some search parties that, or like hunting parties that go out trying to find the wolves, but nobody's found anything yet. They've all only heard the wolves. They haven't actually seen Right, yeah. How is the bath situation? So once you get up there and get the hot water, it's pretty nice. Question though, how stressed are you? Well, I'm on an adventure I didn't want to go on and I'm with my ex-boyfriend. How stressed do you think I am? And I don't handle stress very well to begin with, so that should tell you everything. Okay. When the maid comes with the hot water, she has a very hard time looking away from you as her gaze just seems to be drawn toward you as if by gravity. Is everything all right? Yeah. Uh, Is something wrong? No, no, no. Uh, in, in, enjoy, in, enjoy your bath, sir. Thank you. Just let me know if there's an- anything. I will. She leaves. <laughs> He's having a bad day. He's having a bad week. <laughs> He's about to have an even worse week. <sighs> Only thing I have no empathy for is the whole, I don't want to go to the second library. Okay, Mr. Youngest fucking arch lore master in history. How are you going to get there? <laughs> the problem is that he's had such a privileged life that uh-huh. he's kind of used to like oh, getting yeah. his way. And so he was thinking he could just get out of this with, you know, just by being a special boy. Everything else I feel bad about. <laughs> yeah. But that I do not. <laughs> That's fair. The soaps they have on hand, uh, the scents that they have on hand are actually fairly nice. What sort of scents? Uh, they have rose water, a cucumber scented lotion, and a lavender scented soap. We are not going to use that. We are going to specifically not use that. I'm going to use my own. I did bring some. Okay. I brought a lot. Okay. It's all Mortellian. Right. Because of course it is. I spend an inordinately long time in the bath. If mm-hmm. the bath gets cold, I make it warm again with prestidigitation. Ah, nice. Uh, at one point, the maid comes back to check on you to see if you need your uh, hot water refresh. I do not. Oh, very, very well. And then she leaves again. Alex, you probably, when you come upstairs, Vincent is still in the bath. I'm getting into my night things. I'm too fucking tired to sit in a bath. I just want to go to sleep. Okay. Yes, I'm going to be stinky. You're going to have to fucking deal with it. It's okay. I'm used to it. So eventually you do return to the room and Alex is already there in her, uh, in her night things. Uh, Vincent comes in the room already prepared for bed and gets into bed without a word. Vincent? Yes. Is there anything you'd like to talk about? No. Well, no, like is the wrong word. You probably would not like to talk about it at all. Isn't there anything you want to talk about? No. I'm sorry. 
I didn't know that he was that one. And I... I mean, you did say you were over it. I'm going to throw that one back in your face. I am over it. Vincent looks at you. I'm over it. Okay, well... Is there anything I can do to make it better other than firing Mal, which is not going to happen? Vincent had opened his mouth to say, (laughs) you can fire Mal. (laughs) No. Like you said, we just need to get there and get this over with, and then we can go back to Orthiad. And then, yeah, you can forget about it, I guess. Yes. That's how you're going to, you know, deal with things the rest of your life. It is. It is how I'm going to deal with this. All right. Well, if you decide that you would like to talk about what happened between you two, I am ready to listen, no judgments, and I mean that. Vincent is silent for a long while. Alex is just sitting on the bed. like She's sitting on the opposite side of the bed, kind of looking at him over her shoulder. He's turned away from you. He was pushy. He was... He wanted something from me that I could not... That I didn't want... That I didn't give him. It's... Vincent rolls onto his back and looks at the ceiling. That's all there really is to it. Does he like having his hair messed with? Is that like maybe is that a thing that maybe she would have like brushed his hair? She could. She could. Yeah. We had an arrangement, and he wanted more, so I ended it. And I am over him for the record. What? Why are you looking at me like that? Just thank you for telling me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Now we have to be on the road early. So I would appreciate being able to get some sleep. Of course, Vincent. He rolls over and goes to sleep. Turn the lamp off. Mal eventually makes it into his room mm-hmm. and uh, sleeps naked. Okay. I don't have another pair mm-hmm. of clothes, so. Would I you like some? I could buy you some. No. <laughs> I, offered, I... I offered it. He said no. He likes the clothes that he has. I've got multiple pairs. I just didn't bring them. What's the point? Travel light. So the next morning comes, and Mal, you are up bright and early as usual. As usual. Uh, There is a knock on your door, uh, on Vincent and Alex's door, at 7, with breakfast. Oh my god, it's so early. Oh, food! I'm not hungry. I swear to God. If you don't don't eat and you fall off the horse, I will not be able to pick you up, and I don't know that you want to be picked up by Mal. And I will. And he will. So, have some bacon. It's easy to eat. It's very good. Vincent takes out a handkerchief and dabs at the greasy pig strips. Bacon, eggs, toast... How were the eggs prepared? Scrambled. Ugh, not my favorite. Not mine either. (sighs) Such is life on the road. It does also come with a uh, block of cheese. What kind? 
uh, a, a, a Vincent would ask what kind like a, an aged cheddar. It actually comes with a knife that has a series of runes inscribed on the handle. Do I recognize them? Yeah, uh, they're actually a uh, very simple heating spell. Oh, oh, that's fancy, isn't it? Fancier than you thought at okay. this little inn. Fancier than I thought. Vincent does eat, but slowly and quite a bit like a child that doesn't want to eat. Mm-hmm. I've already eaten. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. And then Vincent takes a long time to get ready because, of course, he does. Alex will braid his hair while he's getting ready. Yeah. As far as shops, there are a couple that would sell traveling cloaks. There's Spireview General, which is just a a simple general store. There is a curiosity shop, Wonderful Curios, a bookstore, Tower Tall Books, and Alfonso's Apothecary. Uh, Where would sell a little bit more along upscale clothing lines? So... Uh, you could that would either be wonderful curios or tower tall books for clothes. Yeah. Traveling scholar. Uh, knowing Vincent, I'll go to the bookshop. Okay. And I'll spend two gold on finer traveler clothes. Okay. So yeah, uh, you go to Tower Tall Books, which actually is a oddly placed tower. It's about three stories tall, made of uh, well-hewn stone. It's not attached to any other structures, so it's just a random tower in the middle of town. I don't presume to know what goes on in people's heads. So yeah, I just I just get a traveling clothes. Okay. And then head back to the inn. No, uh, no need to get anything else. Yeah, so uh, the cloak you're able to procure, deep violet cloak, with a bit of gold accenting on the collar. Well, it was the only cloak they had. Anyway, going back to the inn to get the horses ready, and hopefully the two uh, the two that I'm watching are ready. Mm-hmm. So uh, you get back to the stables and find Isward waiting for you with his husband, a centaur named Demius. Is he pulling the cart? <laughs> <laughs> no, he is not. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. They also have two employees with them that are driving the actual cart. Isward has his own horse, mm-hmm. and he introduces you to Demius, and uh, Demius thanks you for agreeing to guard them on the trip up to Rivergate. Of course, I'm glad I was able to. And, you know, any chance to get more money, always helpful. Right. Isward says you have two other companions. Yes, that's us here. There they are. <sighs> Leading our horses in, and Vincent is probably lagging behind. Yes. Yeah. Sleepy boy. <sighs> Did you two get a good night rest? No. The bed was quite lumpy, unfortunately. I'm not really used to that quality, but I'll be fine. Vincent says nothing. And do you want to go camping? <laughs> I said I'll be fine. It's a new experience, Mel. I'm having a special time. Yes, a special time. That's what we're all having. Right. So let's get this show on the road, shall we? Right. And it is a show. Who are these people? I look at Isward and Demius. Who are 
Uh, your companion here has agreed to escort us as far as Rivergate. Has he? Mm. I'm getting here to do it. And since we're all going the same way, I thought we could all use the company. Who doesn't like company? Speaking of which, and I hand him the traveler's cloak. What's this? A cloak in case we get rained on. Vincent looks at you suspiciously. By the way, you've been sitting on your horse wrong. Alex is definitely listening, but she's definitely also getting on her horse because she's ready to go, but she's also really listening to this. Vincent is still stuck on the cloak. Where'd you get this? At a shop. You bought this. Seems that you weren't able, so I bought it for you. That was unnecessary. You can pay me back for it later, then. But if we get rained on, then you're going to get all waterlogged. I will pay you back. Good. Now get on your horse and keep your back straight when you're riding. Yeah, Alex is definitely... (laughs) That one. Vincent gives Mal the worst, dirtiest look that he's ever gotten. Mal smirks and kind of like leans in a little bit. So it's only between the two of them. Although I'm definitely watching. Vincent leans away. It's not like I've never seen you make that face at me, darling. Now let's go. Don't call me that. Vincent. Or is it Apprentice Hill quest now? Vincent gets on his horse. Doesn't answer. So, you travel northwards. Mal is keeping an eye on the new companions. Uh, so I rolled a 14, which would be perception or insight. Uh, insight. Uh, then that would be a 17, just to keep an eye on them. Okay. Demius and Isward are very close. Uh, they ride fairly closely together, chatting amiably, discussing aspects of their business and what they need to do once they get back to Liad. Alex is probably also engaging them in conversation. Oh, okay, yeah. The two employees, they don't really talk to Demius and Isward that often, except for like when there's a question that needs to be asked. And even then, it's very respectful. But otherwise, they'll converse with each other and Alex, if you're nearby. Mal, go ahead and give me a survival check. Um, is this specific about anything or is it just general? Like weather or nature, if you have it. Not 20. Um, so, uh, 23. Okay. Given the pace you guys are going with the cart and the extra company, you guys have actually slowed down fairly significantly. Mm. You are not going to make it to the next hamlet in time and are going to have to camp along the roadside tonight. Do I have any inclination of that? No. I hope you gentlemen have the ability to camp. Yes, of course. We've been stopping and camping uh, along the route already. Did I hear that? Yeah, probably. We are not camping. We have been through this. We're not going to make it to the next time of our nightfall. What? Do I need to repeat myself? We were on pace to make it to the next hamlet by nightfall. Well, we're not any longer. So, unless you want to continue in the dark where there are more dangers on the road, we're camping. His word will flat out say, I'm not letting Demius travel in the, in the dark. The wells made as the roads are, all it takes is one pothole to break a leg. 
Um, another thing that you can tell, uh, Mal, is the weather tonight. You had thought it would, it might rain uh, yesterday, but the clouds seem to have moved off uh, down the coastline, and it looks like it's going to be a clear night. At least the weather is holding. So it should be a clear night. But we won't be rained on. Not tonight. Probably for the best. Thank Hellfire for that. Well, did either of you bring tents? No. No, we were assured that we would be stopping in towns and that we were on pace to reach the next one by nightfall. Well, I don't know who told you that, but uh, I... I... (laughs) Vincent, Vincent looks at Alex. I never once told you that there was no possibility of camping. So here we are. Uh, I may have done that to get him to come. Why are you listening to her? She's never been camping. She's never been on the road. Careful. Careful. Yes, careful. What exactly should I be careful about, Vincent? Now you speak. To who? You? No. To her. About her. Alex and I have been friends for years. I can talk to her however I damn well please. What? What are you looking at me for? I'm sorry, do I need to give you a list of all of my people who I talk to? No, no. All right, then. You never asked. But there were lots of things you never asked about. Anyway, let me get your camp set up. Am I hunting for food? Has everyone got rations? I brought food. Excellent. Mal stomps off like a tiny child. She brought enough snacks for you. Thank God. (laughs) How's his stress, by the way? Oh, God. Uh, so, actually, at this... Do you need like, to make a con save? No, after <laughs> this, Dennis and Isward actually seem fairly fine. The two employees, however, cannot take their eyes off you. Does Alex notice this? Uh, perception check. Actually, what's their passive perception? So, 13. No, nah, I'd say roll, roll for perception, then. 11. Plus your... 14. Okay, well, that's slightly better. <laughs> um, I would say yes. Okay, um, she's going to attempt to distract the attentions of the two employees. Okay. They do engage you in conversation, but they still occasionally, like, shoot glances over towards Vincent. And she'll just scoot a little bit over and block their view, and... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so fascinating. You're on the road all the time. Really? Really? <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> It's super weird looking, but she keeps doing it anyway to keep them from looking at him. You don't have to do that. I'm doing it anyway. Eventually, you have to stop for the night as the sun is setting and set up camp. I set up the tent, Mm -hmm. which is big enough for two. So I'm sleeping under the stars, it seems. I'm sorry. I don't own a tent, and I don't know where to buy one from, so I didn't get one. When we get back to the city, I'm going to take you on a shopping trip, and I'm going to show you where you can buy basic items. This is fascinating. You're going to take me on a shopping (laughs) trip. I love it. I'm not going to buy anything. Well, yes, but I love it. We go to the Hunter Mall. As you are bedding down for the night... The small group with you has created a small circle set up with their tents, the wagon, and a fire in the middle. I'm going to go straight to bed in the tent. How's the tent? 
smelly. Mm, he, Mal keeps it clean. Well, but it's made of leather. So it's it's like leather. There are some sprigs of lavender in there left over from previous jobs. I do my best to ignore them and try to go to sleep. Okay. Can I, can, does Alex notice the, any, do you make an expression when you see the lavender in the tent? I think Alex would notice. Okay, well, when you're turned over, she's gonna toss them out of the tent. <laughs> so Mal put his, he opened up his bedroll like completely, mm-hmm. so it covers the entirety of the tent. Mm-hmm. And that is unnecessary. That's, that's literally all he's got. So he's able to, so they're able to at least sleep on that, and mm-hmm. then they can use Alex's. But you're just going to sleep on the ground with nothing? What do you think I was doing last week? Malachi. I'm used to sleeping on chairs. Yes, but some comfort is, you know, warranted. Occasionally. Yes, there's a log. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Vincent also has blankets. He remembered to pack blankets. Mm. Mel lays out in front of the fire and is doing that man thing where he like puts his legs out, crosses his legs and then you know puts his hands behind his his head on the log. Vincent has gone into the tent and is rolled over like away from the center mm-hmm. like kind of like he was last night where he's just turned away from everybody. Mm-hmm. After Alex is done eating at the campfire with everyone she's going to excuse herself and go to the tent and go inside She's already thrown the lavender thingies out at this point because we did that when we checked into the tent and like <laughs> we checked in. Yeah. Um, so she'll she'll come in and she's not gonna say anything to you. She'll just start like making taking him like just sort of generally fussing mm-hmm. and messing with her stuff to make sure everything is in the right place and like not like clearly doing stuff, but like is cl- also buying time to see if you want to talk. So she's just sort of like, she's not saying anything to you, just checking her shit, just smoothing, doing it like totally an crab, like smoothing the bed, the bedroll out, like just, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's Mal compared to where the tent is? Mal is on the other side of the tent. Like he's he's gotten as far away from the tent as he can in front of the fire, so. He can't hear much. Okay, he's out of earshot. Yeah, he's pretty much out of earshot. Mm-hmm. Plus, they've got a fire going. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Demius has actually taken out a large shamisen and is playing a just soft, slow night Does tune. Does he have the paddle? Yeah, he has the paddle. I'm sorry about all this. Why are you sorry? I don't know. I feel like we shouldn't be here. Do you feel like you dragged me along? Maybe. Or tricked me into coming? I know that I didn't trick you into coming, and... But you might have felt compelled to come along. Vincent, you've never compelled me to do anything I didn't want to do. And I know that. Yes, but I have to say it out loud sometimes, I think, for you. Vincent rolls over onto his back. 
She'll go at his hair again. Mm. I'm going to say something, and you are going to laugh at me. But I know I haven't been in the best mood for the past two days. Um, that's fine. This is very stressful. It is. This is a lot of pressure on you. You have to succeed at this if you want to become Arch Lawmaster one day. And I put your ex-boyfriend in the middle of it. So this is just a whole bag of awful for you right now. It'll be fine. We will get there. I will find whatever knowledge I am to find and we will be back in Orthiad as soon as we can. And we can put this whole unpleasant experience behind us. And you can get on with being the lawmaster. Yes, and you can get on with dealing with your customers. (laughs) (laughs) With whatever it is I do every day. Who knows, maybe I'll find something in the library too that can get me out of this job. That could be good. Yeah, well. That could make it, well. I don't want to say that could make everything worth it because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't. I don't know what I'm saying. It's all right, you're tired. Get some sleep, Vincent. You too. And chill actually get into the bed that she's just smoothed down. <laughs> Mal. You, f- you fall asleep outside, you know, comfortable in your element, as always. It's the beds that are really the problem. At some point, though, you wake up. And at first, you're not sure what woke you up before it solidifies in your mind. How? What do my immediate surroundings look like? Sometime in the night, fog crept in. A thick blanket of it covers the entire surrounding campsite. Though by the gray tinge of it, you can tell it's early morning, like pre-dawn. Tents all right? The fog is so thick that the tents are just looming shapes. The fire has burnt down to barely embers. You do see Isward sleeping in the tent across from the fire. Nobody else seems to be awake yet. And then you hear it again. How close? Close. And more than one. Okay, I am going to move carefully over to our tent. Mm-hmm. Are these two still asleep? Yes. So as carefully as I can, I like gently take us like take both of their feet, mm-hmm. like one one in each hand, and I like kind of shake them slightly to get their attention. Vincent kicks you. <laughs> not, I've got a hold of your foot. Not not with the other foot. <laughs> not purposely. Yeah. It's just a reflex. Vincent. Alex. Alex wakes up. Not her name. What? And he like indicates, puts a finger over his his lips to indicate to be quiet and waits for the howls again. And they come soon. Vincent puts his glasses on. 
What? Shh. Wolves. There's a pack of them, and they're pretty close. What do I know about wolves? Make me a nature check. <laughs> Not 20. You know quite a bit about wolves. You know the various species. You know where they tend to live. You know a bit about their, uh, even a bit about their like hunting tactics and stuff like that. And you know that wolves don't usually like attack large groups, especially groups of people. They, if they attack a person, it's because they are hungry. I cast a message to you, Mal. Wolves don't attack groups of people. And Mal nods and then says back to you, their message, their message. They normally don't, but we've got animals with us and they might have been hearing or smelling them. So they're coming to investigate. So get up and put your shit on, just in case. What time is it? It's early. Do I have to roll to summon my familiar? No. It's a Doberman. At this point, the two carriage drivers have awoken and are waking Isward. And they, they're looking like wide-eyed over at you. Yeah. Where are the horses in comparison to us? The horses are tied up next to the carriage with their feed bags. What are they doing? They are nervously glancing around and shifting. One of them lets out a whinny and tries to pull away from the cart. I look at the two cart drivers. Get a hold of the horses. Untether them in case they need to run. If anything, they can draw off the wolves. As soon as they start to move, one of them is suddenly yanked into the fog with a blood-curdling scream. One of the employees? Yeah. Alex is out of the tent. As is Vincent. Yeah. And there is the immediate sound of snapping bone and the scream stops. Um, wolves don't do that, so... 16 to Bloodhunter senses for that specific thing that I do. Mm-hmm. No. Give me a perception check. Just a normal perception check? Yeah. Oh, man. It's an one. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> this, this fog is disorientating as fuck. Okay. So, whatever this is, it is... We're kind of screwed. Okay. Everybody get to the middle in the little fire pit. Now. Yeah. What about you? I'm also there. Oh, okay. But Mal has taken yep. out both of his swords. Yeah. At this point, both Demius and Isward have scrambled out of their out of the tent and are at the center. The other employee backs into you, Mal, in a panic, just look staring in the direction that his friend was snatched off in. I kinda shove him behind me and make sure that Alex and Vincent are there as well. As you back in you hear growling and snapping sounds in the fog. You have yet to see anything, though. As you huddle around the low embers, Demius is getting increasingly nervous. The horses are straight up panicking, yanking and pulling at the cart. Your horses have ripped out their stakes and just bolted. Not long after you hear the 
neighing screams of the horses being ripped apart. Fires of hell. Whatever these are, they're not normal wolves. Really? Right now, you want to get an attitude. You want to get an attitude right now, Alex. When else am I supposed to get an attitude about this? Just keep your eye out. How, how far is the next town? Too far, if they're right on us. Can I still have an indication as to where one of these things might be? Yeah, go ahead and give me another perception check. 17. 17, you catch sight of a form in the shadows. Large, larger than a normal wolf, but not quite dire wolf size. Can I sheath a sword and take up my crossbow? I'll say yeah. Okay, go ahead. Nice. Fuck yeah, nat 20, oh, so 27. Hell yeah. Are there any embers left in the fire? Yeah, there's some embers left. There's some left embers left. Will control flames do anything to those? Yeah, you could stoke the fire with uh, control flames and uh, bring it back up to a blaze again. I guess I can do that. It's a cantrip. Yeah. So yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Okay, so six. Six, okay. You fire into the fog and you hear the hiss thunk of the bolt sailing through the air and hitting flesh. There's a very angry growl and glowing red eyes staring at you through the fog. Fuck. That's not normal wolf anatomy. Back against the carts. Everybody back to get cart. Now! I do so. Yeah. Anybody know how to use a crossbow? Uh, is, is word and uh, Demius are looking back at each other and the remaining carriage driver actually, as you back up to the carriage, reaches underneath the seat board mm-hmm. and pulls out a musket. Isward just looks up at Demius and looks over at you. I'm sorry. And he jumps up on Demius's back and they bolt. I am so taking your merchandise, fucker. Mouse screams after yeah. them to stop. They do not stop. The remaining carriage driver just looks off after them and then looks back to you. Load that thing. I keep it loaded. Alex, Vincent, do either of you know how to use crossbow? No, not at all. No. Two other sets of glowing eyes join the first. Then I'm going to try and shoot another one of those eyes. Uh, 17 plus 6. Uh, 23, that'll hit. Can I see the glowing red, not wolf eyes? You very much can, yes. I'm going to cast Scorching Ray. So make uh, three attack rolls. 10. No. Uh, 23. That'll hit. And 21. That'll hit. So 4d6. Seven, okay. So you hurl three bolts of fire into the fog. One completely misses, two hit. But as you cast the fire into the fog, the fog almost seems to dampen the effect. Alex, are you doing anything? So I, I see that, mm-hmm. I see that dampening the effect. Can I dispel magic? Uh, or does what? it have to be a physical thing to touch? You can try casting dispel magic to see if that would have any effect. Okay. Uh, or else uh, you could make an arcana check to see if... I guess I'll do that first. Okay. I think. 21. 21, okay. 
Something is definitely strange about this fog. It is not natural. You are not entirely sure if the fog is dampening magic or if the creatures themselves are somewhat resistant to magic. But the fog, the, I, I can assume the area of the fog is too large for a third level dispel magic oh, to work. Very much so. Yeah. It It is all encompassing around you. If you, even if you were to dispel magic and it were, were to remove the fog right in this area, it would buy you seconds at best. The end of your turn, the carriage driver is going to take aim at a set of glowing eyes with the musket and fire off into the fog. Hey, 18 on the die. Hey, not bad. He fires off a shot. The sound echoes weirdly through the fog and does slam home in the creature you guys have been firing at and a pair of red eyes wink out. They are not approaching you out of the fog. They are circling now, like pacing back and forth. Mal, it is your turn. Um, I am going to activate my Crimson Rite of Flame mm -hmm. on both my weapons because I've put the crossbow down and now I'm just waiting until they come in, basically holding action with flaming swords. The eyes are drawn towards the fire and they're eyeing it warily. They restlessly pace back and forth. So noticing that, I start walking towards one of the red eyes with the blades basically holding out in front of me. Uh, go ahead and make me an intimidation check. 11. Okay. But I can control flames. You can just make them look bigger. I can raise them yeah. by five feet. Yeah. Ooh, you, you can... And can I roll okay. advantage then? Yeah, yeah. If, uh, with, yeah, I'll consider that a help action, so. 14 plus four. four. 18. 18, 18. okay. 18. There we go. Yeah, we got this. <laughs> so as the flame blazes up from the blades, or the red eyes stop, turn, and back away, going back through the fog. Can we hear them do that? Yes. You can hear footpads moving along the ground, and it's quiet. Is it gone? Is it gone? What was that? I don't know. I do release the Crimson Rite. Put the blades away as soon as I'm absolutely sure I hear nothing. Mm -hmm. Help me get help me get the horses. Uh, get the cart. We need to get to the next town. Is everyone alright? I think so. Are you? I'll live, Alex. Yes. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Alright, everybody get their stuff together and get it in the cart. The faster we're on the road, the better. You quickly get everything packed up. The cart driver is leaving their, their group's tent and he just wants to get going now. He is hitching up the horses and... Should we even take the cart? Does the cart even matter at this point? Shouldn't we just get on the horses and ride? That might be a better idea. Although I'm, I'm not leaving us behind. Why? If if we do run into the wolves again, the cart is actually a better idea to have in case. Why? 
it's some form of cover. But if we're all on horses, they can attack. Not if we run through with fire. I mean, the fire is still going. We can take wood out of it and hold the wood out. How long is that going to last? Hopefully far enough, but this cart's going to slow us down. This cart is hold, is hauling over 3,000 gold of Martellian silk. I'm not leaving it behind. And he technically has two of the horses. Fine, but if we die, it's of silk. I hate that idea. It's a nod. I'll stay on the free horse mm-hmm. and just kind of keep an eye out. Okay. Everybody else wants to get to the cart. Unless somebody wants to join me on my horse. No, thank you. I'll have my uh, Doberman familiar following and mm-hmm. circling and probably be popping in and out of its vision. Okay. So the two of you get on the cart, Mal, you get on the spare horse and start riding northward. The howls are coming closer again. I need you as well as the cart driver to make an animal, animal handling check. That one. That horse don't like you. You're having a very hard time controlling your horse. It is terrified at the sounds nearby. Uh, in fact, I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Nine. Okay. You are thrown from the horse as it rears and bucks, kicking you to the ground and charging off into the fog. Hey, um, I never got your name, sir. Sven. How's this cart handle? Good quality, not good quality. I need you to speak fast. Best quality we could afford. Good. Move over. Okay. He, he moves over. So Mal basically pushes him aside. Uh-huh. Are you two holding on back there? Yes. Why? Mal just like kicks the reins. Okay. To get this horse into the fastest gallop it can handle. Go ahead and make another uh, animal handling check. 16. 16. Okay. Alex is probably laying down if she's going in and out of her familiar, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if she's sitting up and she's in her familiar, she has no sight and no hearing. So she's probably laying down while she's doing this. Is the familiar seeing anything? Uh, Go ahead and give me a perception check uh, at advantage, actually, uh, because of smell. Fog is too thick. Yeah. Mal, you kick the horses. You kick the horses into gear and uh, the cart starts jolting and jostling quickly down along the road. Vincent's not holding on, <laughs> so he fell over. Okay, well, as long as he didn't fall out. No. As you are jouncing along the road, the wolves can be heard behind you and multiple sets of glowing eyes. Uh, how far are we away from the next town? You were at least another half day's travel. Fuck. Okay. They're they're mostly behind us. They are behind you, but gaming. I hand the reins back to Sven. Uh huh. And I make my way to the back of the cart. Okay. And pull out my crossbow again. Okay. And I'm going to take pop shots. If any of the magic users have any sort of projectiles that they could help with, I would like to cast magic missile. Okay. First, okay. Go ahead and roll me three d four plus three. Ten. Ten. Okay. I'll focus on one set of glowing eyes. Yes. Okay. The glowing bolts of energy zip unerringly through the fog and slam into the shadowy form. It is not happy about that as it 
picks up its pace. 14 plus 7. So, 17, 18. 21. At disadvantage. Fuck. 14, 14 again! again. I right. rolled it twice. That hits, that All hits. All right. You actually managed to put a bolt into the one that Vincent had also hit. While it does not die, it slows down with a yelp of pain. As this continues on, I need everybody to make a dexterity saving throw. You're welcome. Not 20. You didn't even need resistance. 19. Okay. Left. 13 is a plus one, right? 13 is a plus one, yeah. yeah. So that's 11. Okay, that is just enough <laughs> uh, to not get rocked from the cart as it goes through a pothole in the road. And the and horses missed it? The horses missed it. The, the wheel did not. And Her uh, body jumps a bit, and I managed to grab it. <laughs> yeah. We both do. Yeah. yeah. Mount you manage to get a glimpse at some of these through the fog as they're gaining. Dark gray fur, mangled and matted, very large, lots of scars around the muzzle. The one that you get a clear look at is very clearly missing in here. As they're running, there is a stream of white spittle flowing from the corners of their mouths. Oh shit, they're rabid. Okay. That's bad. The one that the two that we both attacked is retreating, yes? Not retreating, but has stopped gaining. Right. I'm going to cast Mind Sliver on some on one of them that is still gaining. Okay. Is that a cantrip or is that is a cantrip. Okay. And cool. it may, needs to make an intelligence saving throw. Ooh, okay. Um what's your spell save DC? My spell save DC 16. Uh, they can't save against Mind Spike. Good. So go ahead and they, they'd have, well, they'd have to roll a nat 20. No, yeah, no. Eight. Eight, okay. There's a yelp of pain from it, but it doesn't slow down at all. Then Alex's turn. I am gonna summon a fire snake. Okay. Because if they touch it, they take damage. You summon fire snake. Behind, behind us. Behind, behind you, two of the wolves actually get tangled up with it as it appears right in front of them. Uh, they're touching it. What kind of damage it's does it do? It's uh, 1d6 fire damage. Okay, we'll go ahead and roll uh, 1d6 fire damage for each of the wolves that hit it. Three. Okay. Two. Okay. They, how many hit points? What's his AC and how many hit points does it have? Its AC is 14 and its hit points are 22. Okay. It's gonna die. It's gonna die. It's, <laughs> it, it's gonna die pretty quickly, but it, it distracts at least two of them. And uh, they get a little singed. A couple of other of the wolves do slow down to deal with the fire snake. <laughs> if um, they do melee attacks, those also cause them damage. Oh yeah, and you hear like some whimpers, uh, some like yelps of pain as they're also growling and attacking. It is a very short time before the snake winks out of existence. Mal, your turn. I'm going to try and shoot it again. Okay. The shocks on this thing do not help at all. Yeah, no. Uh, two plus seven doesn't do anything, I don't think. No. And I need everybody to make an another dexterity saving throw. Four, so eight, four. <laughs> okay. Can I go The driver failed his handle animal and drive check. 
So there is a scream from one of the horses as its leg snaps in a pothole. It is dragged under the cart. The cart, upon hitting the horse, flips. You are all hurled through the air. Mal, you only take half damage since you succeeded on the saving throw. Mal, you take seven points of damage. Ouch. Alex and Vincent, you take 14 points of damage. Ow! As you slam into the hard surface of the road and tumble forward. Sven did not get thrown from the cart. He got dragged under the cart as it flipped. He is very dead. Fuck. And the contents of the cart, the crates full of Martellian silk are scattered across the road. <laughs> and Alex, very bruised, possibly boat broken, looks at the silks like, this is what we're gonna die for. I said we should have left the cart. <laughs> <laughs> I agreed. So we would have been running instead. At least one of us might have survived. <laughs> now we're all gonna die. Over my dead body, possibly. Yes. Eight pairs of glowing red eyes approach, spreading out, going for a surround. Right. But before they get halfway around, off in the distance, a massive from a significantly larger wolf. Mal, you would immediately recognize it as the call of a dire wolf. The glowing eyes stop approaching, and one by one, they turn and leave. What the hell just happened? I was hoping you'd know. I've never seen wolves that looked like that. And I've never seen normal wolves react to a dire wolf like that. Unless those were somehow babies, but they didn't look like it. Then I'm going to roll occult knowledge for that one. Okay. 25. 25 to understand what the fuck just happened with the wolves. If there's anything in occult history where one wolf controls a bunch of other wolves... Um, or there's any kind of like magical information about magic creatures that control other monstrous magic creatures. There are several examples, none that would immediately and perfectly explain what the fuck okay. just happened. Are both of you all right? I'm fine. Ow. Do either of them look? Both of them looked very road burned. Vincent. Yes. As you're gathering yourself, you notice something weird, something strange, something off, and it takes you a second to pinpoint it. You have always just instinctively known which way is north. Yes. You were traveling north on this road. You were traveling northwards towards Rivergate. 
But as you look north, it's not along the road anymore. The road you're on is traveling dead west. We were just traveling north. That's the way the road takes us. But the road goes west. What do you mean? I mean the road goes west. The road should be going north. It should be. But it's not. You certain? Yes. Mal, you definitely have like a, a small compass. Yeah, I take that out. And Vincent is right. North points off towards the right side of the road. Do you think maybe when we were running, we we got on the wrong path? I feel like I would have noticed if we had made that sharp of a turn. Oh, speaking of the horses. Dead or dying? Both dead. Good, that means I don't have to. <sighs> All right. In fact, actually, you're not sure when it happened, but the one that wasn't immediately dragged under the cart was dragged off. How thick is the fox still? So it is actually a bit thinner here. It's still ever present, but the swirling thickness has dissipated somewhat. Okay, I've been in this area. You have been in this area, which is why as you are looking around, you are very perplexed to see pine lining either side of the road. Tall, old pine trees. There aren't any pine trees in this area. No, you would have to go way north, past Leod, to the mountains before you'd get this much pine. So, where are we then? Perception check, Mal. 16. 16. There is a sign on the road ahead. An actual sign? A sign. Like a road sign? A road sign. It's very worn, very old, and it hangs crookedly on its post. There's a sign up ahead. Good, that maybe can tell us where exactly we are. Right. You walk forward, and engraved on the sign, faded, yellowing paint. Barovia. Five miles. Let's Be Legendary Podcast presents a new adventure. North was that direction. Now it's this direction. Where are we? The sign says Barovia, but Barovia has not existed for many, many centuries. How can we be somewhere that doesn't exist? No one leaves the valley. The devil Strahd sees to that. Who is Strahd? He comes to me every night. He wants me to go with him. Tells me our souls are intertwined. He's watching us. You have to take my sister away from this place. She's not safe here. My, my son, please, he's, he's not himself. We are not supposed to be here. I am not supposed to be here. Look to the ravens for help. 
they can guide you across this accursed valley. He writes, I confess I was greatly surprised by your letter. It has been some centuries since I was afforded the courtesy of correspondence, as most missives I receive tend to be missiles. While I cannot offer any sincere apology for your arrival in my realm, I do offer my condolences to your house and family. I'm sure you will be missed. We don't go into the woods. We stay inside after dark. You should too, unless you'd like to be a meal for the walking undead. Sending a letter to a powerful vampire lord doesn't strike me as safe or smart. The intricacies of aristocracy extend across planes of existence. This has a purpose. The magic here is wrong. The weave is tangled, tainted, discolored, and frayed. I will bring joy to the people of Velaki, and together we will drive out the darkness that is the Devil's Strahd. You will be happy. You must. There's too many of them. We can't kill them all. Run! Ravenloft casts a wide shadow. You can't escape his gaze no matter what you do. He's always watching. He can see you. Welcome to Castle Ravenloft. Won't you join us? The Shadow of Ravenloft is a reimagining of the Curse of Strahd campaign for members of our Patreon at the $5 level. To find out more about the Shadow of Ravenloft campaign, please visit patreon.com slash letsbelegendarypodcast. Links can also be found at letsbelegendarypodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Happy Halloween. And stay legendary.